Welcome. Welcome uh, to Know Your Roles. We're here. What's up? Welcome, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Absolutely. Thank you guys for listening. Y'all have been showing out these last few weeks. Uh, so thank you guys for staying with us and enjoying our, our podcast. Please rate and review Please. us. Yes. Subscribe, rate, and review. We appreciate it. Yeah. Anyone who's joining us after learning about us from last week, the interview with uh, Blake Schwarzenbach, we we welcome you. Thank you, uh, you know, for trying us again. If if you are, I, I really don't know. I, I mean, I hope that there are some people. Sure. Come on. They're out there. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. I've uh, been listening to a lot of Jawbreaker this week. So it's been good stuff. I was going to wear my Jawbreaker t shirt, but I thought that was just too much on the nose. Like, I just bought the t shirt <laughs> at the concert and I want to wear it the next day at school to prove to everybody that I was at the concert and my parents don't have a curfew for me. That's kind of the reason why I didn't wear it. I didn't want to like be that dude. I'll wait till next week to wear it again. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, give it a week. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's get into it. What's, uh, what's on your bar, George? This is long, but I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to go through it fast. Uh, we are recording this on uh, the Thursday following the inauguration. And I, like most Americans, and I guess most people across the globe, watch it for the first two hours until the weed guy came by. Shout out to the weed guy. <laughs> the weed guy also, whenever he he messages, he says like, uh, um, anytime before two. That's a long period of time yeah they give you a large window <laughs> and it was like and i'll message you 20 minutes when i'm in the neighborhood so that says you have me handcuffed to this apartment until two like i didn't get to run any errands i didn't get to run to run to the gym because i gotta be there anyway that's that's not my bar talk i want to <laughs> i want to talk about the inauguration and i want to talk about winners and losers from yesterday's inauguration these are gonna go pretty fast so uh winner the Bidens, so many Bidens, so more on that joke a little bit later. For second ever Catholic president, shout out, uh, y'all represented, so looking good, Bidens. Losers, Trump. Yeah, you guys, uh, sore losers until the end, got out of town. Good riddance. Uh, winner, <laughs> winner, men taking a backseat to their ladies. A-Rod, shout out. Doug, I don't know your last name, but uh, we didn't need to hear from you. It was about your girl today. We don't need to know. Yeah, don't need to know. It's all about your ladies, so... <laughs> Winner right there. Loser, Pence. He looked like a man without a country. Kind of like that Stringer Bell. Uh, not hard enough for them for this right here and not uh, not smart enough for them out there. When like everybody else knows it's over. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, you, it, like, you look bad. You look bad. Winner. I got three winners right here. Winner, Lady Gaga, uh, National Anthem. I, I've never been a huge fan of the song. It's just unlistenable. Not really one of the better songs to listen to, but nice job. Probably the best National Anthem since Whitney Houston. Shout out. Super Bowl 25. J-Lo. I think she missed a cue, but uh, nice job. The Spanish part kind of killed it. Loved it. Garth Brooks, shout out. Nice job, Garth Brooks. Loser, Garth Brooks's jeans. Come on, guy. I know you got friends in little places, but <laughs> let's throw in some fucking slacks, okay? And this next one is a winner and a loser. Loser, Bernie Sanders. The uh, the the coat and the the mittens and the look. You you looked you look you look sad. But winner, you're probably. I have that coat. Yeah, no, hold on a second. But winner. <laughs> You're probably the most successful meme today. So nice job, Bernie Sanders. Way to go. Big winner, big loser at the same time. Uh, this next winner, controversial, but it was interesting because I hadn't thought about this person in 30 years. Winner, Dan Quayle. Way to go, Dan Quayle. Way to be on the right side of history. Nice job. You look, yes, you look good too. I thought he was um, thought he thought he'd look like a, like a, like an elder statesman. So shout out Dan Quayle. Um uh, winner, the new radicals. One hit wonder. You got what <laughs> Yeah, you get what you want. Hit from 1999. The guy uh, the guy hit the high notes. Nice job. Loser that hat. I can't believe he's still rocking that, but whatever. Uh, winner. Big winner yesterday. The color purple. 
The color purple in pantsuits. Shout out Michelle Obama looking good. I see you. Hillary Clinton, all purple, looking good. Elizabeth Warren, sorry for a second, looking good. So shout out to pantsuits in the color purple. I found out the reason why uh, purple is so prominent is because it's a combination of red and blue. Didn't know that. Loser yesterday, the color red. Tough beat, guys. Tough beat on the color red. Didn't look so hot. Winner, big winner from yesterday, Amanda Gorman, giving us, was like uh, letting, showing us to America that uh, that poetry is actually pretty fucking cool. Shout out to Amanda Gorman, Harvey grad, 22 years old. Loser, Jake Tapper. Let's get that guy a Coke and a smile. He's He seems like a rough hang. Like, he's the kind of friend that would probably, like, correct you for saying. He's actually pronounced this way. I'm like, okay, take it easy. Also, he interrupted one of his colleagues when they were talking about something important by going, oh, my God, is that A-Rod? Take it easy, Jake. You you were you were a hot mess. Winner, Amy Klobuchar. Nice job of hosting. Very nice job. Also, so many Bidens was a great, great joke. In fact, uh, if she was a comedian host, I'd be like, you know what? That's good. And she kept them moving, which I love. Loser, Roy Blunt. He, you looked a mess. You looked a hot mess on TV. Not a fan. Uh, I know you called for for uh, for us to, uh, to uh, I guess be together, but I, I could have done without you there. Also, also a big winner, HBCU grads, Howard, shout out. And uh, I didn't get your name. I didn't I have it. I didn't get into my notes. I probably should have rewound it, but the, the fellow who wore the South Carolina State uh, University hat, shout out. Nice job. HBCU grads, big winner. Also another big winner, blended families, big, big winner. Stepchildren, big winner. Half siblings, big winner. And of course, the biggest winner of all from yesterday, the American people. So that is a uh, George Gordon in a nutshell, and how I felt about the inauguration, winners and losers. Dave, what is in your bar? All right. Well, I, uh, I'm i going to fill that in a little bit because I have a similar thing. And I didn't quite do like a winners and losers, but I did. I do end it with the things that I think won the day. And some some of them are are this, are similar, are the same as you. I'll, I'll briefly go over it. But, uh, you know, it is something that, like you said, we are on the 21st here Uh the day after. And, uh, you know, I think we've all come through and are still going through a lot of trauma. So, you know, I think it's important to recognize that and, and, you know, approach this as a new day and it is a new day and there's a new old white man in the, uh, in the white house that aside, as we have talked about, it was very cool to uh, see Sonia Sotomayor swearing in Kamala Harris as the first Black VP, the first Southeast Asian VP, the first woman VP, all of those things. Very important. It was funny. I don't know if you caught it. She, Sonia Sotomayor mispronounced her fucking name. She said Kamala. <laughs> like, I was like, you're swearing you're in. She said Kamala. And and Kamala Harris repeated it her name back to her because it was like, it was repeat after me. And she said, I, she said, I Kamala. I think that's funny. I think the standout part was like, I never knew what, uh, what her middle name was. Um, what is, is it Denise? I don't know actually, but I remember, I remember thinking, I was like, Oh, that's your, I like that. I don't know. I like that. Shout out. Also very cool to have, uh, Dr. Jill Biden, a, a teacher in the white house. That is a public school teacher. I mean, that's, that's awesome. And, uh, the first rescue dog. Also in the White House. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, first rescue dog. He has two dogs. One of them's like from a breeder, and the other one's a rescue dog. And like, I know that that's a joke, and it sounds silly, but I actually think that that's a very big positive. <laughs> no, that, that's fantastic. He is a fucking rescue dog. More of that. More, 
more of that content, please. (laughs) But, uh, you know, I think that regardless of how anyone feels about Biden or, or just the transition of power, I certainly have like a lot of, you know, just, just the structure of power rather. Um, I certainly have a lot of, of mixed feelings, but I think that the important thing that I would like to say is like all the things that we are, that I think most of our listeners are happy about some of those things that you mentioned and, and I mentioned, um, they're a result of, of activism and, and engagement. It's not like suddenly politicians decided to do the right thing. It's people have forced them to do. And also people have started to elect more politicians that actually look and represent us. So I just want to, you know, say that that is, that's, it's the result. These, these things that are happening, it's the result of activism. And it's the, it's the answer to, you know, the, the other side, the other side of it that we've been directly living through for the last few years. Yes. Okay. So like you said, it was a TV show <laughs> and uh, you know, there are some things that there, there were some, definitely some winners. I just want to mention one person I thought it was cool that she wasn't there was AOC because she was in Hunts Point on the picket line for the Teamster strike. So just want to shout her out for fucking killing it as always AOC. Anyway, uh, as you said, Amanda Gorman, incredible. I want to say that everybody, if you loved her, if you were as moved by her as as we were, um, pre-order her book. Consider pre-ordering her book from your local bookstore. It's called Change Sings. It's a children's anthem is the subtitle. I believe it's a children's book. But So if you have kids or if you know someone with kids, it's a great thing to order. Let's uh, Let's bump her up. Also, of course, the Bernie memes. I mean, oh my God, like my entire social media feed at one point was fucking Bernie memes, <laughs> which I, I'm fine with. Like, I, I, mm. I'm, I'm good with that. But also on the, you know, it's awesome that uh, he's the incoming chair of the budget committee. I mean, that's like, yay. Uh, I was saying, uh, I have that fucking coat, George. <laughs> I, it's the coat that like my mom bought for me 10 years ago. <laughs> and I only wear when it's like negative 20 degrees below. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you know, I respect it. I'm sure he got it at Burlington Co. Factory. Um, and uh, of course the mittens, the the mittens that he got from the teacher of that's Vermont teacher, Jen Ellis. <laughs> and they're, they're from recycle. They're from like all recycled material. And they, they like went to her and they were like, or she tweeted and she was like, I'm overwhelmed with the support. I just have no, like all my mittens are sold out. I don't make any mittens, but there's a lot of great mitten makers on Etsy. <laughs> so I thought that that was hysterical. Um, so that, that gave us a, uh, a, a nice laugh. Just echoing something that you said, I might owe Garth Brooks an apology. Um, <laughs> he's got a great voice. I mean, he, he did a great job. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, Michelle Obama period. Like that's all, that's all Michelle Obama. She wins period. I just want to end this by saying to encourage everybody to stay active. I know, like I said, we've gone through and are still going through a lot of trauma and a lot of people need to release and and want to celebrate. And that's, that's all well and good. I just want to say stay active, stay informed. A couple of things that I would recommend that, that impacted me. Uh, one is an article by Walid Shaheed in The Nation. Walid Shaheed is a very brilliant, brilliant political strategist. He is one of the heads of the Justice Democrats who helped elect AOC and uh, Jamal Bowman, among others. 
And the article is called The Blueprint for Social Movements During the Biden Presidency. And that's in the nation. Highly recommend reading that. Also highly recommend watching just Democracy Now. I, I know I mention it all the time. I, my friends who have known me for a long time are tired of me talking about Democracy Now. But I really think it's like one of the single best sources of information. Also today, they had, a. I highly recommend today's, they had a great conversation with um, journalist uh, Maria Hinojosa and Cornel West, who used a, 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 a phrase that you use and he kind of bungled it. <laughs> it made me think, he said, uh, I don't remember exactly how he bungled it, but he tried to say, uh, I was born at night but not last night. <laughs> um, he, he bungled it. He was like, I was born last night. I mean, la- I was born at night, but not last. Like, I was like, oh, George, George would appreciate this. Uh, so yeah, that's, uh, that's it. That's, that's all I want to say. Um, <laughs> Cornell West bungled. I was born at night, but I was born last night. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I thought you would uh, appreciate that. Absolutely. I got to bring that out. Haven't busted out in a while. Yeah, you got to you got to choose your battles with that yeah. phrase. People are like, "Whoa, you're, this guy's intense." <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's like it's one of those things that, like, well placed at the you know, it's it's a killer, but ill timed, it it's it's crickets. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, you got to use it at the right time. Oh yeah, no, 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 you can't say a phrase that I love that like uh, I've heard people say, but I'm like, I would never say that. Is uh. It's like uh, the game is uh, uh, chess, not checkers from uh, training day. I love that. But you, you can't say that for everything. We're like, <laughs> fuck are you talking about? <laughs> no. We're talking about crossing the street here, guy. Take it easy. No, it's got to be like specifically, unless I, although I do subscribe to the, to the theory sometimes of like, if you go so hard the <laughs> other way, like it can hit too. You know what I mean? Like if you accentuate how ridiculous it is, but yes, I genuinely agree that like, you really got to be, it's got to be applicable. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's got to be like really well-timed. Yeah. No, you can't sit at the line at the grocery store. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> the game chestnut checkers. Like, what? Yeah. or like, yeah. Like this guy, this, like, here's your change. And you're like, I was born at night, not last night. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Um, yeah. Pharmacy is in the back. Uh, but, yeah, I know, uh, right? <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, shit. All right. Well, how about that? All right. Well, we're, we're going we're gonna to move it along here. We're going to uh, get to our comparisons in a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, who and the what. The, today, I think we're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to be talking about fan bases, all different types of fan bases and followings, and we're going to be comparing them to beers and, uh, you know, specific beers and types of beer. And uh, yeah, I think that's going to Yeah, be- I mix it up with specific beers and then types of beers. So Me too. Which uh, I'm excited about because uh, for the most part, my group of five here, little... Shout out. Um, uh, my group of five here are all actually things I like, with the exception of this one thing. <laughs> Is that like the cover band of Gang of Four? That's like... Uh, <laughs> group of five? No, no, no. That's actually pretty good. <laughs> I don't know why. I got fucking zingers today. There's there's already a cover band for uh, Gang of Four. It's called uh, Block Party and Franz Ferdinand. Oh, he did it. He just did Boom. that. Uh, yeah, but they're, they're, they're awesome, Gang of Four. Yeah, entertainment's a great record. Do 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 do. Ether, 
They were the original versions of Ether. Anyway, go somewhere. Along with uh, along with Jawbreaker, uh, two of the bands that Kurt Cobain like personally loved, like uh, Gang of Four and Jawbreaker, were like two of his favorite. Really? Bands. Yeah, I know Gang of Four was like a big influence on on him and the Pixies as well. Yeah, Entertainment is a is is a phenomenal record. The uh, it's funny that when I said a uh, Gang of Four, uh, um, like uh, they sound like a. Uh, Block party in Frankfurt and that that's actually not original. So Carrie Brownstein was only said that in the the late nineties, early two thousands. She said it was like, yeah, no, I've already heard of those bands. It's called Gang of Four, which I always thought was a funny yeah. quote. So shout out to Carrie Brownstein. We're doing a lot of shout outs today. Shout out. Yeah. Hey man, I like that we have shout outs. It makes me feel like you, it's something that you like incorporated, and I've leaned into it because it makes me feel like a nineteen ninety five like radio DJ. Like, oh yeah. Shout out. <laughs> yeah. Um, I appreciate it. But uh, yeah, we're going to be doing that. But uh, before we get to that, we're going to be talking to friend of the pod, Joel Wachowski, uh, the professional gambler. Yeah, our first repeat guest. We're, um, uh, we're bringing Joel on for a little bit to, to talk about some what to look for this weekend and uh, what to bet on, folks. We want to make y'all some money. And that's what Joel is here to do. And uh, also um, some of the NBA trends that are happening right now that Joel has also been been noticing as well. So, little 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 nugget with with, with my old buddy Joel Wachowski. All righty. Well, uh, here's that. Joel, what's up, guys? How are we? Are we are we rolling now? Are we right into it? Yeah, yeah, we're we're, we're we rolling right rolling. into it, man. How are you doing? I'm I'm annoyed at my employer. I'm sorry to keep you guys waiting, and I appreciate the Know Your Roles boys accommodating my dumbass schedule. <laughs> we'll always accommodate you. Yeah, as of right now, you are our first repeat guest, Joel. We are super excited to have you on for this this or one of our this segment to talk about betting trends. Who you like this weekend? So, uh, Joel, let's start with the with the with the, the with the first game of the day. It was oddly enough uh, Packers and, and Buccaneers. Is that right? Yeah, they alternate it. You know, they just flip a coin. NFC went last last season. Now they're they're batting warm up, which is weird because I mean, as far as like a TV show football game, you got the goat versus like arguably the greatest quarterback to ever play the game as far as like physical abilities. Um, what are you liking in this weekend? And as far as this game, and uh, what are some of the things that better should stay away from? Yeah, and I think just generally. In the playoffs, number one rule, don't touch any overs. Okay. Get it out of there. The money pours in on them. That's where Vegas feasts. So keep that out of your mind. In this one, I did like your intro, but I think we have the GOAT versus Tom Brady here. Am I wrong? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, spoken like a uh, an NFC North fan. It's true, though. Like... We didn't. We don't realize yeah, how don't bad think. the team building was for his entire tenure there. He kept these guys in contention the entire time. When Mike McCarthy is sub replacement level, this, I can't see the Packers losing this game. Rogers to lose a third straight NFC Championship? No fucking way. Pound that Packers money line. Don't get cute with the points. I've been on this team since November and it pains me, but I think that's the best team Aaron Rodgers has ever been on. I agree with you. I think they, they are at, at, at the very least one of his better teams. I mean, they have a run game, they have a defense, two things that he th- hasn't had a lot of. 
a secondary. Yeah, and I think, you know, anyone can be great in that offense. I get a lot of shit for my saying Devontae Adams is about as good as Marvin Jones, but Aaron Jones is an incredible player. The all O-line is filled with incredible players, and they got the players you need on defense. They just have a good pass rusher and a cornerback. Lock it in. The my my only pushback is uh, I guess is like uh, Tampa Bay's defensive line and defensive front seven. Of course, David Bakhtiari isn't playing and it hasn't played I guess in a few weeks. And I think that's where the the weakness could lie. I think they could take advantage of that line. Do, do you see that happening or no? And it absolutely could, just because Tampa's front seven on defense is very good, but. It just seems like Green Bay is so adept at acknowledging their weaknesses and moving the play calls away from them. That's why I'm head over heels with this team. Yeah, when Rodgers is a guy who can hit the third, fourth read in the progression, no problem. You know, like he doesn't need, he doesn't need, if he has time, he's going to kill you. And he doesn't even need that much time. Yeah, and I think this is probably going to be a really fun game. We're going to get some bad weather, and maybe there's some factors that make me look like an idiot, but uh, in order for me to be wrong, I think you got to see the Bucks front seven take complete control of this game. Mm-hmm. And to, in order for that to happen, the Packers need to have the play calling that allows that to happen. I don't see both of those coming true. Okay. Yeah, the uh, Tampa Bay is a slow starter. They could find themselves getting way behind really, really early. Um, uh, Are you expecting a beatdown or are you expecting something close? I think it's a third and fourth quarter game. Green Bay, Mm -hmm. they they don't blow anyone out immediately. They get better as the game goes on. So, yeah, I think third and fourth quarter with a tight first half. Okay. All right, moving right along to the, the, the second game, which is, uh, I guess, the the hottest team in the AFC versus uh, the second hottest team in the AFC. Um, uh, what are you liking? What are you not liking about Kansas City versus uh, uh, Buffalo? Mm, I'm not liking that the line is right at three, huh? That's no fun. I thought it was two and a half. Did it, did it jump up to three this week or three, three this today? Yeah, they're not going to give it to us at two and a half, are they? <laughs> it's... I like I like the AFC playoffs because I can put the same theory out every week and it's still true about the Bills. It's the second year theory. Teams don't win in the AFC until the year after they're supposed to. We saw mm-hmm. it with Mahomes. We saw it with Rosselsberger. We've seen it with Russell Wilson in the past. We see it in every sport. You have to lose until you, you know, you have, you can't just win yeah. the first time or hardly ever happens. Although Brady. Exactly. So there was two years ago, the coldest day of the year in New York city, you know, the chiefs, this team, everyone loves loses to Brady and this milk toast Patriots team. We got to have the same thing happen, right? Mahomes is the status quo. Allen loses one. <laughs> Well, I mean, like uh, that 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 Chiefs uh, Patriots game wasn't there like a terrible offsides call or offsides no call in that game? It's like there's and it went in overtime. Blah 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 blah. They're the first team, I guess, uh, in AFC history to host a AFC title game three games, uh, three years in a row, which is uh, an incredible stat. 
And Andy Reid is the only guy to do that in the NFC either. Do, do, do it twice. Yeah, yeah. Wow. That's crazy. So what are you not liking about this game? Or what are some of the prop bets in this game to stay away from? Because like I feel like we've gotten to see good and bad uh Josh Allen. Like the 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 Indianapolis game was actually uh, was pretty good. The the Ravens game, not so great. So what are you liking and not liking about this game? And what should better stay away from? Um, I think I don't like that Zach Moss is out, right? Yeah. Isn't he the guy who is going to put the variable over the top and the chiefs hate tackling, right? Not good. Yeah. I think the, the bill, there's going to be a lot of really long drives in this one. And if I, here's my deal. Two years ago, two away teams won last year, two home teams won. And if I feel so confident that green Bay's winning, I just do, I tease the, I take the bills money line and then I tease the bills and the Packers. Okay. So I can get them to nine somehow. Right on. I guess like uh, my, my final question uh, about this is like, so, what kind of score are you looking at for Kansas City and Buffalo? For me, like, uh, and th- there's a path to victory for Buffalo, and I think it's to slow the game down and running it has got to come from Allen to, for the defense to sell out. I think that's how they could possibly win the game. And they have to – it's like uh, I've been saying all year that they need to play fast and faster and faster. For, the, for, this, for some reason, this game, I think they need to play slow and slow and slower. So <laughs> – well, what's the final score you're looking at for Kansas City Buffalo? Well, I'm going to need to get to that weather report because I see 44 degrees, 50% chance of rain in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. So what's that tell you? Maybe a 27-20 a outcome in favor of the Chiefs? Okay. That feels about yeah, right. Is, uh, that's why we have you. <laughs> nice. <laughs> you're t- you tell us. Exactly. No, Dog, I'm, I'm writing this stuff down. I, I built my first statistical model, actually. My man. Uh, yeah, I'm re- I'm really getting crazy in the NBA and college basketball right now. So I'm only getting deeper, folks. <laughs> <laughs> We're here for it. <laughs> so Joel was like, uh, that's actually leading in like uh, the next uh, question I have for you is like, what are some of the trends that you're seeing as far as betting goes in the first few weeks of the NBA? Because the NBA is kind of a mess. Okay. NBA first few weeks are a mess. I think the wisest thing thus far has been shorting the Dallas Mavericks because Luke is still the MVP front runner and their roster is not going to be anywhere near completion. And also the Suns and the under every single night, they're blowing teams out, but they also have the slowest paced offense in the entire NBA. Why is that? Because like I was thinking that they were going to, play faster yeah i would think with a bunch of younger like athletic guys that they have i mean chris paul is older but but he can still run a bit yeah it's the same thing we saw in lob city it's like the exact same thing everyone thinks they would run but no methodical create the best look possible it's a game of percentages at all times wow i have a I watched a little bit of uh, of uh, Dallas play last night. Uh, Perzingis uh, looked pretty pretty good last night. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, uh, he'll be hurt every year of his career. He's uh, <laughs> not designed to be active in any way, shape, or form. And I think it's great they rushed him back. Uh, what is it for the third time from a major injury? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
are you what's a you know what's your approach with with all the cancellations and all the the players missing time and and now i just saw today that the nba is uh they're going to take whole teams out of the mix, which honestly I think makes a lot more sense from a health perspective, but how are you like approaching all this? You're just like, just, just waiting and seeing what happens or. Um, I have a money tracker actually. If the percentage of money is more than 10% larger than the percentage of bets, that's where I put my money right now. It is 11 and four. And, you know, you look around five o'clock, you don't know what's happening because a lot of the major guideposts have just kicked me in the teeth. I bet teams on the second night of a back-to-back, I'm getting killed. I'm back in teams, losing their first two like players. I'm getting killed. This is the model right here. You tail the whale, call me Ishmael and call me an Uber XL because I'm making some fucking money. <laughs> Uh, Joel, um, I, Dave, just, just real quickly, I've got two more things is like, uh, and Dave, I think it's got one other thing that he wants to bring up. Um, uh, what are your thoughts of the, uh, the Brooklyn Nets and uh, how do you think that's going to work out? Um, yeah, I mean, it's a crime against basketball and it has the spirit of gentrification within a prism of NBA roster building. You know, I love to see, uh, my second favorite team build an asset for four years and throw them in the trash because <laughs> it's slightly convenient. They ruined Jared Allen's career after building it up. Like he doesn't deserve to be this good of a player. They got him there and then they just ruined his career. I care about Jared Allen now. How am I supposed to feel? And am I crazy? It's Joe Harris, Kevin Durant with Joe Harris next to him. That's the asset. Anything secondary to that is just like, Oh, cool. But it's still, yeah, no. Canadian shooters. Yeah. Well, the other two guys are it's more of a crapshoot. Well, I mean, like DeAndre played himself played himself out of the lineup, and that's why Jared Allen is so fucking good. Um, I think Indiana may have won that trade as a as a whole. If if, if Levert's okay, okay, which hopefully is. Yeah, they. I mean, they still might. Just looking at the how efficient Brogdon and Sabonis are. Yeah. Just, yeah. If you scale those guys up, those are like top 15 guys in the NBA. Agreed. We've talked about right. both those guys being like they're 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 everybody knows that they're solid, but they are still underrated. They're both very good. Yeah. And then I realize that the office has got to go through it, so bonus. Uh David's got one thing uh about this bet that he heard and like how fucking nuts is this? So uh Dave, take it away. And I got one other thing and we're gonna let you go. All right. <laughs> I just saw this this morning and I just, it was just serendipitous that we ha- are happy to have you on because I had to mention it. I don't know if you saw this, but somebody hit on an 11 line parlay. Is that how you say that? <laughs> um, uh, on a Sixers game, it was a $250 bet that he turned into $103,000. And the lines are so like, so he took the Sixers money line. He won Tobias Harris over 18.5 points Embiid over 24.4 points. Shake Milton over 14.5 points. Danny green over 9.5 points. Marcus smart over 11.5 points. Tristan Thompson over 7.5 rebounds. Tristan Thompson under 7.5 points. Kemba over 2.5 assists. 
Joel Embiid over 9.5 rebounds and Danny Green over 2.5 rebounds. He hit on every single one of those. Have you ever seen anything like that before? I mean, yeah. In uncut gems. Is Adam Sandler researching for the, the sequel? God damn. Because yeah. of course it could only be put out in Philadelphia where it's legal. Most yeah. books won't even yeah. go over six ways. That probably, I would be not surprised at all if that bet was placed by someone just handing their phone to their toddler on DraftKings. <laughs> <laughs> but so my question is like, could the three of us pull out, like put in a hundred dollars each and one win like a hundred thousand dollars on a random parlay bet? <laughs> yeah. I mean, if the orangutan, if the orangutan hands over King Lear in this instance, sure. But that's a one in a million shot. No way. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thanks for bringing me back down. Plus, that's, isn't that called? That's called stacking, isn't that? Are, are you even allowed to even I do mean, that? You get, you can do it. That's why only certain books offer it. Okay. Wow. Well, all right. Well, well, well. Thank you for doing that. And uh, Joel, before we let you go, give us two to three minutes on Dan Campbell being the next head coach of your. Okay. So, luckily, I go to grad school. I didn't think I would use it for anything. But I took a class called organizational behavior. And you need to have an underlying attitude or belief system. And that's never been in place with the Detroit Lions. I see a GM from the Los Angeles Rams, a team that's trading for Jalen Ramsey, giving up the world to reaffirm their strength of defense. I see a coach from the Saints tree who helped develop the scheme for Camara, who's always going forward on fourth and down. I see aggressiveness as just an organizational belief system. And we've never gotten that far in building a culture. The two things I wanted, I wanted them to still address the, the reasons they had hired Patricia, which is the culture's off. It's just not an environment conducive to winning. And secondly, I didn't want a, any hire that was based on a scheme. Yeah, Arthur Smith's going to be pretty good in Atlanta, but you're just putting Matt Ryan and Julio Jones in the Tannehill, AJ Brown roles. We need something bigger. And I think Dan Campbell is the right puppet for the Brad Holmes regime. Okay. I, uh, the, the Danimal with his power stance and the Metallica, I didn't quite get it, but now that you said all those things, like, I guess it's okay. I was really hoping for Robert Sala, not for the X's of O's, but for the fact that he's Lebanese. He's from Dearborn. And uh, that's as far as like, uh, and, and, and it, they're the second largest uh, Lebanese community in the world behind Lebanon. And I just thought that would be kind of a cool look for the NFL and a cool look for that part of the country that one of theirs is a coach. That's my neighborhood. Yeah. All I've wanted to see, I grew up two blocks from Salah. All I want is a Honolulu blue burqa. But you know what? Look, I, I really wanted it for the belief systems, but look at that scheme. They only rushed four. He picked four defensive linemen in the top 15 of the NFL draft. So I think he was just working with a lot of talent. Right. Show me where the defensive coordinator was responsible for the good defense in San Francisco. You can't do it. Right. Also, I think I think Brian Dayball kind of kind of let him lit him up when uh, when the Bills in San Francisco played. And I, so anyway, 
Uh, Joel seemed like the great a great candidate, but the Jets hired him, so that makes you like. <laughs> you know what I mean, like the Jets hired him, so is he going to be good? <laughs> All right. My my inclination is to say nobody that the Jets hire is worthwhile. Yeah. Well. Yeah, I, I maybe he'll be okay. I just think I really think that guy's Patricia 2.0. I just don't see it on the tape in this one. I wanted to so badly, and maybe he'll get there as like just a force in the room, but he probably has the worst X's and O's of any hire. All right. Well, Joel, before we let you go, plug something for us. Thank you for your time, by the way. Oh, well, the I'm, ha- I'm happy to do it. And like, so, you know, I do my shit at the Props Network every day at two o'clock, 12 o'clock on Fridays. I go live and I do a half hour on my favorite NBA bets for the day. Uh, sometimes I make a little music. Sometimes I write little jokes, but it's what I'm supposed to do. And I built the model. So we'll make some money. And you're, you're a Bulls fan, right, David? I sure am. I don't know how that's working, but it somehow is. Who knew? Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, they're, they, they, I'll tell you how they have a coach now instead of a piece of shit. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm not even a Billy Donovan fan, to be honest with you, but like he has a thought process <laughs> and Jim Boylan had zero of, of that. So that's part of the reason. And it's like yeah. they're a year older and they have better veterans. They're vet- actually Garrett Temple has made a big deal. But anyway, <laughs> I've come around on him. He's actually good. He's a he's a really good bench player on a young yeah. team. Yeah. I mean, he had, he had he looked good for the Nets last year, but then yeah, again, yeah. every net plays well when Kyrie's out. Yeah. So. Right. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, uh, I think that's uh, anything that's else, George. Then I said, Joel, thank you again. Yes, uh, thank you so much. We'll have to. Uh, I'll, I'll send you some messages about <laughs> about some college basketball games that are a fucking mess. But anyway. All right, and I'll run my handle stats to let you know if you're onto something. <laughs> right. Peace, Joel. Happy. Man. All right, thanks. I appreciate you guys. Have a good one. All right. Thanks, man. All right. Thank you to Joel for uh, giving those giving us those picks and uh, Polish hammer shout out. What to look forward to? <laughs> um. All right. So without further ado, we're going to get into uh, our comparisons and we're going to do, uh, yeah, we're doing fan bases of all different types and uh, of two to beers and styles of beer. And uh, we sure are. I was, this, this is, <laughs> this is going to be entertaining. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm actually excited about talking about some of these fan bases because I actually, in a way I, I wrote some of these in like a loving, loving fashion, even, even the one that I'm just like, ugh. Me too. I tried to be as fair as possible. And like, I, there were some, some sides of some stories that I didn't know that I learned. Oh, nice. All right. Like one, one in particular that like, I was like, Oh, okay. I, I buy it. Well, Dave, why don't want you lead us off? All right. So the first fan base I am going to discuss is Trekkies or Star Trek fans. Um, the first thing I have here is they go for it. Like <laughs> these people fucking go for it. Like they have, they're like the original cosplayers. You know what I mean? Like they, they were like, it's pretty popular now. And that subculture has almost become the pop culture, like the nerd culture of, you know, Comic-Con and things like that. Um, you know, but it all, it wasn't. And, and uh, 
they were definitely you, one thing I didn't know about them, which is very interesting, is uh, they were the, the Trekkies were in the late 60s when it was being taken off um, the first iteration with Captain Kurt with uh, with uh, William Shatner. Um, uh, when it was being taken off, they had like the one of the first uh, fan save campaigns, and these people actually held protests outside of like executives' offices, and they had like a a massive uh, a letter writing campaign to like save uh, <laughs> to save Star Trek, and like I think they did for like half a season, and then you know it was already it was already like done, so they canceled it. Um, but uh, it's it's a very like I for me personally I've never been a Star Trek person, uh, but I get it like I get that it's a thing and I get that it's a thing that people are like really all into and and I don't even think that it's like like I don't think I I like I like the movies and like I like the concept of some of Star Trek like I like the Twilight Zone shit of of like the original Star Trek and like the campiness of it. Um, but it's not really, it's not, it's not really my thing. So that's why as a beer, it is Frambois. <laughs> it's Frambois. The Star Trekkies, Trekkies are Frambois, a Lambeck beer, which is a, a sour beer, which I generally do like, which would ma- even make more sense because I, I do like sci-fi. Like, I think it's a great, it can be a great genre. Um, and sours, I love, they're great, but Frambois, like it's a raspberry beer, uh, it's French beer, and uh, it's a lambic uh, style of sour, and uh, it's just not for me. It's just it's it's too sweet for me. But but I can I can appreciate that it's a thing, and like it's a well brewed beer, and it's like a historical beer, and it's it's a thing. It's just, it's just not my thing. It's not for me. <laughs> so uh, yeah, Trekkies are uh, Frambois, Frambois lambic. Nice. So you're next. All right, my first one is uh, is we're we're talking deadheads. Um, this is a this is actually a no, like none of this is actually shot at at at, at deadheads. I actually happen to like deadheads. Some of my favorite people in my life, Dan Hare. What up? Shout out. Uh, the Horowitzes, uh, Days Futures in laws. Yes. Shout out. What up? No, it was like I like deadheads. I like how committed they are to their to their product. It was like whatever offshoot of. The Grateful Dead, they're into it, whether or not it's Bob Weir's Rat Dog, whether or not they're like busting out old Jerry Garcia band tapes, they're into it. Whoever plays in the band, they're still into it. If it's like John Mayer doing like Shea Stadium, they're shelling out money to go to go see this guy and like listen to those guys play those Grateful Dead songs. And I like the commitment. I like how much they love this band. And uh I like that like even years later, even that they're they're old, they have their kids with with the uh, Grateful Dead tattoos. And they're like, no, this is our, this is shit. This is like the one thing that unifies us so many different age groups. And I like it. And for me, based on all those things, they are Budweiser. There's nothing that brings more joy to me to share a Budweiser with my dad and to share Budweiser with other friends in like Budweiser in St. Louis. Tastes pretty good. Budweiser in fucking Canada. Tastes pretty good. It's going to be consistent. And I like their commitment to that excellence. So, Deadheads, you are the Budweiser of beers. I love that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Um, yeah, Eric is uh, trying to uh, trying to make me into a Deadhead, <laughs> and uh, it, you know, I, I like some of their stuff. I like some of their stuff, um, but uh, there's some ill, ill shit 
ill grateful Dead. oh absolutely 100 percent. and and yeah. you're right like the commitment is just unbelievably impressive yeah yeah you, you don't you don't just go you know what i'm good I'm, i like they it support. No, no, no 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 i'm into they it there they, they go support. and also like Still they do. were such a smart band of like their brand is on every like they're every i mean they haven't made a red they're they're the hat you know Jerry's been dead for decades and they still have so much. Everything is Grateful Dead branding. It's still Grateful Dead branding. It's crazy. Uh, I know, I know people who are my age and younger who have Grateful Dead tattoos. Yeah. So let's just, that, that that's how big a deal they are to, to yeah. people. So, and uh, I love Budweiser. So, so it's Grateful Dead, Deadheads, you are the Budweiser, the beers. Dave. <laughs> awesome. Um, all right. Well, the next fan base uh, I'm going to do is I'm going to do some sports fans. And uh, this is one of those ones where there's a story that I had known and I found out that there was a little more to it. Um, and I'm talking about Philadelphia Eagles fans. Um, now, Eagles fans, I think both George and I know quite a few of them being you know fairly close to to Philadelphia and being on the East coast for many years. Um, uh, they, uh, I think they're like a tiny bit misunderstood. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I think that they're like, they're, they definitely, uh, have the aggressive, the aggressiveness and like the, uh, the energy, you know, that, that you describe to like other East coast, uh, working you know, like blue collar Yankees fans or, or whatever. Um, but, uh, but in Philly, it's a little bit different. It's a little bit different because what I appreciate about it is that they know when their shit stinks, they know when their teams suck and they're like, we're over it and we don't want this bullshit. And that goes into what the story is, which is the famous story of, it was in 1968 when, uh, the fans pelted, Santa Claus with snowballs. <laughs> uh, they've made like a parody 30 for 30 about it. It's like a very famous story. And I've always remembered it too, because it's like, damn, Philly fan, like Philly fans are rough. They fucking pelted Santa Claus. They, you know, um, and I'm sure Philly fans probably did throw some terrible shit at people like throughout the years. <laughs> but the the but the snowball incident is like a little bit misunderstood because so I learned about 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 it things I never knew, which one, first of all. That was like, they were a terrible, terrible team. They started, then this was the last game of the year, and they started 0-11, all right? But the fans were fucking thrilled because who were they going to draft with the number one pick in 1969? Do you know, George? Uh, Namath? O.J. Simpson. Oh, okay. The, All right. The uh, Philly, the Eagles fans were fucking thrilled because they thought they were going to get O.J. Simpson. Okay, so they started 0 and 11. What happened in the next three games? They won two of them and they ruined their chances. Okay, and they had already won those two when the last game played. So the fans are fucking furious. It's a huge snowstorm. They're getting killed. And instead of spending money on like the team, this is, you know, what some fans said, they produced a halftime show that they do every year that's like a christmas spectacular with like a 50 piece brass band and like this santa so fans are already like we don't fucking care about this shit we don't want this shit well what happened was that santa never showed up 
because he was stuck in Jersey because of a snowstorm. <laughs> and so they pulled a fucking 19-year-old kid out of the stands who had on like a tattered ass Santa Claus, like a skinny, raggedy kid. And like he comes to that game every year dressed as Santa Claus. <laughs> you cannot make this shit up. Uh, and so he's in tatters and they pull him out and they pull him out and they have him come and they run. He runs all the way down to the to the uh, to the end zone and he stops. And the fans just like, you know, they they just let him have it because they were just releasing the whole season of anger. You know, they they were putting it the GM's face on that guy and all. And like they just let him have it. And and to his credit, the guy, his name's actually Frank Olivo. <laughs> and he's like, I get it. Like he's like in the moment, like I knew they weren't mad at me. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think that they're like, they, they have that, uh, aggressiveness and they have that energy. So it's definitely not something that I would want to be a part of like all the time, <laughs> but I do think that like, there's something in there that like is a little bit misunderstood. And that's why as a beer, they are oatmeal stout, <laughs> um, something that like, I love, like specifically, I really like. I mean, there's so many of them, but I, uh, so many different types of stouts. But I, one of my favorite beers of all time is Sam Smith Oatmeal Stout, uh, English beer. It's delicious. It's so good. It's a little bit sweet, a little bit bitter. It's rich. It's heavy. But I'm only going to drink those in the winter. I'm only. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to drink them in the summer. <laughs> and and like you know, like I said, the Phillies fans like they they did beat the shit out of Santa Claus with snowballs. You know what I mean? Like it like. They were kind like I would have done the same thing <laughs> probably had I been there, <laughs> but like they still they had that that aggressive. So and yeah, and Sam Smith Oatmeal Stout, uh, that's a strong beer. You don't want you don't want to fuck around with that. You don't want to have too many in like real life. Yeah. So uh, Eagles fans, or as they would call themselves, Eagles fans, uh, <laughs> are uh, Oatmeal Stout. Nice. Uh, one quick note: the old stadium is the only stadium with the. Uh... With a judge in a jail. <laughs> no bullshit. You know, some old uh, baseball stadiums had had jails. Uh, to, yeah, for unruly fans. Yeah, so they 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 go for it. Um, uh, so it's to me again, and uh, my next fan base is uh, fish heads. Do they call them that? Fish heads, fish fans. Sort of was like some of the listeners are gonna be like George, you're really going for the uh, the jam band scene. I was like, no, I actually happen to like jam band, so fuck off. But uh, yeah, you're being nice. I'm being nice to the fish fans, and I actually like fish. I've I, I've seen fish in concert. It's quite the experience. Um, uh, as some of, one of some of my best friends again in my life love fish. Fish is fish is great. They do the whole week long run at, at the garden, and everybody's into it. They my only thing is is like it's a little too long. And it's just, I can only have like a couple of them. And then I got to check out and get something different. I enjoy fish. I enjoy Trey and all this stuff. There's a guy whose last name is Gordon, Mike Gordon. I'm a Gordon. Of course, I'm going to like him. Anyway, no, I, I I enjoy fish, but just kind of like in small doses because like um, not every song needs to be 30 minutes long with no ending. So, um, uh, so for me, fish and fish fans, again, I do enjoy you, but just maybe in small doses. And that's IPAs. Uh, a good IPA is great. I'm not going to spend my night with an IPA. Uh, after a couple of them, like let's let's keep it moving and get something else. So, fish fans, I do love you. I own a fish shirt. It's yellow tie dye. I would never wear that because, but in my house, yeah. So IPAs, they're the IPAs of the beers. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, 
I haven't listened to them to them on uh, hallucinogens, so I don't get it. <laughs> you know, like that's how I feel about them. Like I, I don't get it. Like if I, they were good. They're good live. If I listen to them, if I when I took hallucinogens, I like at the show. You know, like uh, I could see that, but uh, listening to it like at home in the headphones, like I just, I'm much more apt to listen to like Grateful Dead. You know what I mean? Like I, I would definitely listen to Grateful Dead way before I listen. You know. There is this documentary that came out in the 90s. It's oddly enough directed by Todd Phillips. Um, uh, I'm forgetting the fucking name of it. And it gives you like an understanding of what fish fans are like. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's directed by Todd Phillips. And it's like one of his first movies is before he did like uh, the the comedies. And it now is like, uh, I guess, his uh, ripoffs of, uh, of fucking uh, <laughs> of uh, Martin Scorsese movies. But yeah, back in the day, Todd Phillips used to direct the uh, Used to direct these, uh, these, 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 uh, these like music, uh, music films. Uh, he directed Hated Gigi Allen and the Murder Junkies, and uh, what the fuck is Bittersweet Motel? Uh, is a documentary about fish, and I actually loved it. I thought it was like an I ain't an understanding. And there was a couple interviews of people out in the, the 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 lot, the fish lot, which is probably my one of my favorite parts of the fish show is the people hanging out, making grilled cheese sandwiches, and selling fucking fat tire beer. You go to the next show, shout out. Um, uh, but uh, there's there's one person I interviewed who's like, so what kind of drugs are you gonna do before the show? It's like, I was like, oh no, I'm so serious about fish, I don't do drugs before the show. And he was like, well, that's that's, that's commitment. Crazy. So, so fish fans, I'm not oh. I'm not mad at you. You're the IPAs of, of beers. I like IPAs. I'm not gonna spend my night with it. Dave, what is your third one? Yeah, I'm not I'm not mad at that either. I'm not mad at fish fans either. I I know a lot of them also grew up with many of them. Um, They're everywhere. Yeah, they sure are. Uh, all right. My next one are, I wish they had a name for them. Like I wish they named themselves. Uh, although there was a right, a snarky writer in the, in the LA times who came up with a funny name for these people and he called them the peanut gallery. And that'll make sense in a minute. And these are Jericho fans, fans of the television show Jericho. Um, I don't even want to talk about what the TV show Jericho is to be 100% with you. I don't care. <laughs> I, I don't care. I don't want to know. I don't think it's important, but the funny thing, the great, the, the thing that you should know <laughs> is uh, that I mentioned the like save show campaigns in reference to uh, Star Trek and, and, and Trekkies. Um, but the very, like one of the very famous ones that's kind of started like, you know, this newer trend uh, that happens on Twitter and it, it now happens with like a hashtag and things like that. But before social media, this, you know, in the early internet era, um, they were doing this stuff in chat rooms. <laughs> and these fans of this TV show is going to be canceled after the first season. And it was on network. I think it was on ABC maybe. And um, these fans got together in a chat room and organized themselves to send 40,000 pounds, 40,000 pounds of peanuts to network executives in New York and LA to save the show. And like the fucking, the reason it's peanuts is the most ridiculous thing ever. Uh, because like in the last, uh, 
this is the only thing I really know about Jericho in the, in the last episode, they're like, their town is like being invaded by a, a neighboring town or something. And like, they go to Skeet Ulrich, who's the the star of it. Um, and uh, like, they, they like say like, Oh, it's going to be a battle or something. And he like looks at the camera or like looks at the characters, another character and is like nuts. <laughs> like and that's why and it's like some reference to a fucking general in world war ii who like said that to some, like some fucking stupid whatever but these people like that's fucking commitment and also like it has inspired like that's a thing now people do it like i said it's more done with the hashtag and shit now but like it the point my point is is it works and it it worked for jericho but like only kind of because they ordered seven more episodes and they were like, okay, fine. But it like, it literally, the, the, the peanuts made them do this, <laughs> but they, they did it and they ordered seven more episodes and they were like, uh, we need to get more of a viewership. And if we do, we'll keep it going. Well, they didn't. So they canceled it. <laughs> um, uh, but that is why as a beer, it is, I don't have like a very specific one, but like, nerd craft beer that you wait in line for <laughs> so like a grim or like another av or like any or like a heady topper um shout out to hillary by the way who who had a heady topper one with she was like it's frank ocean fans because you're just constantly waiting for the next thing um the next release <laughs> which is pretty good uh, I, yeah i appreciate that <laughs> we're gonna have to have her on at some point but uh <laughs> um but no, it's like a, you know, a grim that they fucking wait. Like, I mean, I love those beers too. And they're great and they're good. They're like good beers, but like, I just, I'm not going to wait in a, like, it's just, it seems, it seems like a, it seems like a big commitment to me as is sending 40,000 pounds of, of uh, penis. And just to be clear, they didn't send 40,000 pounds, like in one package. <laughs> it was like, no, no, I sort of figured. like five, so it's like, you know, hundreds upon hundreds. You mean there wasn't like one guy collecting this and then bringing it all over <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> that would be incredible. Just drop it off with like a forklift or some shit. Um, but yeah, so Jericho fans are like, you know, exclusive, uh, limited batch, uh, craft beer. Nice. That, uh, that's a good segue to my next group because I'm going to make sure to tread very lightly and how I talk about this group because I'm a fan. I love destiny's child. Although Kelly Rowland was probably my favorite. That's neither here nor there. Also Michelle Williams, big fan too. Um, uh, I like. Beyonce records. I'm a Kelly, guy. Kelly Kelly's the best. I like Beyonce records. <laughs> I loved Homecoming. That's probably the second best music documentary behind Stop Making Sense of all time. I love it, but it's okay to like other things. And I'm really just going to talk about a party. I was dating this girl. Shout out to her. She wanted to date an adult. That's why we didn't last. Uh, I have problems with adulthood. It's kind of a mess. Don't want to get into it, but whatever. Um, uh, it's called being a comedian, George. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. She wanted to date an adult and uh, she's living in Chicago. She was she was great, though. Very nice lady. Um, uh, she took me to this party and I've tried to be on my best behavior. And like for me, like whenever I'm at parties and I meet new people, I feel like I'm running for office. I'm like shaking hands and like remember everybody's kissing name. Babies. And uh, yeah, and it was like, yeah, kissing babies, shaking hands is like all, all the good stuff. And again, I like Beyonce, but the Bayhai people, they're ruthless and they'll cut you. And I met this woman at her party. Very nice. She was a host of the party. And somebody had just mentioned uh, Beyonce, uh, Beyonce record that, that came out earlier that uh, earlier that year. And uh, 
And I was like, yeah, I know. It's, and we're all talking about it. It's like, it's great. And they're all like, I like this guy. He's really cool. He's really nice. It's like, And I was like, yes, it is great. But, you know, seat at the table, I actually kind of like a little bit more. I'm more of a Solange guy. And you thought that I said that, hey, by the way, underneath this hat is a fucking dick. And they just left that. And they just left the room <laughs> like, like something had happened. Like it was like, we should kill all puppies. You think that I would have said that? It's okay to like other things. Anyway, she couldn't leave that conversation fast enough. So again, this is not, nothing to do with the Beyonce. I love Beyonce. Again, I love Destiny's Child. I love those records. This is more about, it's okay. You can like other shit. And to me, they are the Saisons of the beer community. <laughs> I love Saisons. But it's okay to like a Pilsner every once in a while. The Saison people, they live and die on that same Saison Hill. Uh, again, I love Saisons, but it's okay to like everything. So the, the Bayhai people, it's okay to like other things. So they're Saisons. Yeah, I think Beyonce is like definitely one of those people that like, like you do, you cannot. Yeah, they they wanted to stab me with with knives like I was fucking Julius Caesar and shit. It was brutal. <laughs> I wasn't saying anything bad. I was just saying I just happen to like this more. <laughs> I know, but even like, yeah, even even the semblance yeah. of who the uh, fuck is this new guy? Yeah, <laughs> who brought him to my house? Yeah, yeah. She, she cut it off real quick. She was like, "I'm not having this." Right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, he's like, yeah, tread lightly. You don't want to say the wrong thing because he'll get you. More of a Solange guy myself, too, but that's neither here nor there. Seat at the table was so fucking good. Okay, anyway. Dude, Solange, yeah. I mean, Solange is incredible. Uh, they're different, though. It's hard. It's, it's know, different. It's I a would, different aesthetic. I think, you know, it's very, very different. Yeah, now um, it's a different aesthetic. They're produced by different, very different people. So, seat at the table has got like, we don't have to get into it. It's like Q-tip. It's like it's like Q-tip is like one of the producers. Members of Grizzly Bear is one of the fucking producers. So it's it's that album is incredible. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Just, she wouldn't have in that shit though. So shout out to that lady. She was real nice until I said that. <laughs> Dave, what's your next one? All right. So my next one is, you know, one of the most one of the more uh, noticeable, one of the more uh, prominent groups of baseball fans and that is red sox nation or red sox okay fans. um i know a lot of them i uh lived in boston at uh kind of like the rise of their of the red sox you know current terrain or, or whatever uh or like their you know era of competitiveness i guess i'll put it that way uh and it was thrilling it was great and you know i it was uh it definitely, I, as a cub, as like a, a lifelong Cubs fan, like, I, you know, I had gone through that as well, was still going through it. So I, I identified with it and, and I respected it, but it's definitely like, they're very, they're very aggressive. They're definitely very aggressive and they certainly changed after the championships, but it's very, they're very popular. The Red Sox as, as a whole, like Red Sox nation, it's literally a nation because they're they're fucking everywhere. Red Sox fans they travel really well. They're one of those teams that they show up in a opponent opposing stadium, and some of them are like home games because they have so many away fans. And like they they are a team that people are really split on. You love them or you hate them, kind of. Especially like if you're a Yankees fan, you know you hate them. Uh, and also like. So there's there's this phenomenon. It certainly happened with the Cubs as well after they won. It happens with, with everybody. But when a team has like, you know, a few years of success, uh, they 
they get they generally get uh, a lot of new fans start start getting interested in that team and like you know it's a lot of people uh, in in my experience a lot of times it's people that like they don't know what they're talking about they just like followed it because it just got popular so it's like it's a thing to do which, which is fine but like you know there's definitely you had that conversation with a sports fan in a bar where you're like you just started watching this sport like a month ago <laughs> and it's and and like i could tell um um but uh a lot of them are like also i wrote that like uh, a lot of them are angry white dudes with beards, which is why as a beer, they are IPAs. <laughs> kind of similar to what you said. Uh, I like IPAs. I'm there for IPAs to a certain extent, but after one or two of them, I don't want anymore. And to be perfectly honest with you, as a bartender, especially someone who worked in like a beer bar, um, I am so goddamn sick of IPAs. I mean, there there are, you know, we, George and I have talked about this before, and I've talked about this with many people that are interested in beer, but like there are, there was like, I, I felt like there was like five years where there wasn't a single brewery that opened that didn't only exclusively make IPAs, you know, like that's the thing. And, and uh, like I said, they're fine, but it's like, it's the only thing. And it's like, it's aggressive and it's, <laughs> you know, it's like, like I said, that's why, you know, and I like some of the, the I've liked some of those Boston teams and I love some Boston fans, um, but uh, yeah, small doses. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Boston fans are, uh, are IPAs. And also they're, they're both red, the Red Sox and IPAs are like, you have a strong opinion of them because there's also the person with, with IPAs too, that like, that I'm sure you have come across at the bar of, of like, mm-hmm. I don't fucking drink IPAs, like anything but an IPA. Mm-hmm. No, it's either like whatever IPA you have or anything yeah. but. Um, so yeah, that's why they're Red Sox fans. IPA is taking a bit of a hit today. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but we've also both said that we en- we will drink them, we enjoy them. I don't, I don't, I don't mind them. I just like after the second one, I'm like, get this shit out of here. Um, uh, on the me, mine. Uh, this this is an interesting one because like um, this 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 fan base has watched our team move uh three different times or four different times in three different cities whether it's oakland la and now las vegas um uh the thing the things i like about this fan base is like of a lot of the fan bases is one of the most varied fan bases there's like a lot of different people a lot of like different uh races like them and i'm talking about raiders and raider nation so nothing i'm going to say about you is like uh, i hate in fact uh, i rather enjoy your commitment to your fandom you get dressed up and some of the weirdest shit that I've ever seen, like a Legion of Doom shoulder pads, and you paint your face, and you travel well. I, I saw my football team play the the Raiders a few years ago down in uh, D.C. Shout out to my buddy uh, Brian Dean who got the tickets. And uh, they, I didn't realize there was like that many Raider fans would come to this part of the country, clear across the country, to watch their team get their ass beat by by my team. But that's neither here nor there. But um, and but uh, the thing is, is like. Uh, I, I want to think is I love the fact that you call your stadium the Death Star. I look at the Death Star every day. There's a picture of it in my uh, in my apartment. Um, uh, but my only thing is is like how you dress up and your commitment to dressing up to me is fucking weird. I just think it's strange to go sit in a room and it's like you know I think I'm gonna go with the skull shoulder pads. It's like no, I'm actually gonna go with the shoulder pads with the spikes in them. It's like you know. I think I'm gonna go with the with the with the Doc Martens with the with the four inch lips. It's like you know. I'm actually think I'm gonna go with the uh, 
with the with the ripped fucking black pants tonight for the for the Raiders game. And I just think that's just too much. We're all we're all just grown ups. And uh, for me, the beer that I would compare to them is like it's a beer that I like I like from time to time. But at the end of the day, it's 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 just it may not just be for me. And that's Imperial Stouts. I I, I like a, I like a tasty dark beer. Did you see what I did there, audience? <laughs> dark beer for Raider Nation. But the, the high ABV, it sometimes is a little too frothy, and I'm just like, you know what? This might not be for me. So, Raider Nation, you guys are the Imperial Stouts of the beer world. Dave. So I'm going to do my last one, and the fan base I am looking at are Parrot Heads. Parrot Heads. Now, of course, those are diehard fans of the musician Jimmy Buffett. Uh, of course, of Margaritaville fame and uh, all that stuff. And, you know, whatever you want to say about Jimmy Buffett and his music, uh, whatever. It's fine. Like, whatever you want to say is fine. (laughs) Um, uh, If you like him, great. If you don't, whatever. But uh, for me, like, the, the idea of parrot heads is like the idea of, like, massive groups of old white people descending on baseball stadiums. Wearing like shark hats and like weird, they're another fan base that like really goes for it. But like Jimmy Buffett and Parrot Heads in general, and like his whole fucking aesthetic, it's like uh super laid back and like have a beer on the beach and like smoke some weed, but like whatever. But it's to me, it's a it's a vibe, but it's a false vibe because it's corporate as fuck. Like, like Jimmy Buffett is corporate as fuck. He he has Margaritaville. He turned a song into a restaurant chain. (laughs) And also I looked it up. Jimmy Buffett's net worth is $550 million. He's like, got he's, that's like one of the high, like there's no other musician that has like, you're talking about like Michael Jackson, like $500 million, $550 million. Uh, So like I said, it's a, it's supposed to be like a laid back chill vibe, but in reality, it's like super fucking corporate. Um, which is why as a beer, it's blue moon, <laughs> blue moon, who people still to this day are like, yeah, I like a Belgian wit. How about blue moon? <laughs> and like, those are two of the three words of what blue moon is. But the third word is right in the middle there. It's kind of the most important because it's style, Belgian style. Because it's not made in Belgium. It's made in Denver, Colorado, because Blue Moon is a Coors Miller beer. <laughs> but they present it like it's like this European Saison, like, you know, like uh, it's a wit beer. Uh, you know, and like I said, it's Belgian style. And that's why to me, this like, it's like Jimmy Buffett. It's like, oh, it's so chill. And it's like, but we want to take every dollar you have in your pocket. Uh, you know, but under the right circumstances, I would have a blue moon and I'd maybe even listen to a Jimmy Buffett fan if I was, you know, stoned out of my fucking mind like <laughs> on a beach or some shit. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, parent heads are the blue moon <laughs> of uh, fan bases. Nice. I'll tell you two quick stories. Uh, shout out to Katie Westerhoff from high school who uh, was going to a Jimmy Buffett concert in, in high school. And it was like, uh, was talking to another guy, I guess now her husband, Grover Gibson, who was also somebody I went to high school with. She goes like, what are you drinking for the Jimmy Buffett concert? And I was like, what the fuck are they talking about? And two, I've actually been to Margaritaville 
my buddy Brian Dean. He's like, I want to go into Margaritaville. I want to go buy something for my mom and we can have a drink. And I'm having a drink in Margaritaville. And in Margaritaville, they just play nothing but Jimmy Buffett songs. Just on constant repeat. In fact, I think that's what hell it probably is. Hell is either being in Margaritaville, listening to Jimmy Buffett songs over and over and over, or constantly trying to get the tape off. You know, when it was like you can't, I think that's, what hell is just a combination of those things. Like doing it at the same time. Yeah. yeah. So I'm <laughs> in sitting Margaritaville. There, in Margaritaville. <laughs> and I'm sitting there and I'm and I'm drunk and I went in front of my buddy to buy his uh but buy buy his mom a shirt. And uh I asked the bartender, I was like, hey man, um uh, do you guys seriously just play nothing but Jimmy Buffett in here? He goes, What? He's like, Yeah, do you guys play nothing but Jimmy Buffett songs in here? He goes, he goes, Oh, this shit? Oh, I don't even hear this anymore. That's how much Jimmy Buffett that guy is listening to. So shout out to that bartender. Hopefully he's still working there. Um, uh, and then the, finally to me, my final fan base. Um, uh, this is going to hurt a little bit for all these fans of, of this fan base, but I don't give a shit. I think you're fucking obnoxious. I think you're, you're downright rude. And I also think you're not very good and you're entitled assholes. And that is the University of Texas football team. You have won national championships in 63. 69, 70, and 05. You have been relevant since 05, but yet you always feel that you have to be a part of the, the conversation. You've had three coaches since 2013. They fire people with, with no causes, like, ah, oh, they're just not good enough, and they're able to afford the buyout. What the fuck is wrong with you? They've had the, the do buyouts for Charlie Strong, Tom Herman, and Steve R. Sarkeesian, who's their new coach, who was known as 7-6 and six Steve when he was a head coach of Washington. I like Steve Sarkeesian as a person. Shout out to anybody who's ever had like uh, have substance abuse problems. Anyway, you think you're better than what you are, and, but you're also good at other things. Your basketball team right now with Shaka Smart is really good. Your baseball team is always really good. Focus on that other shit. You don't have to be good at everything, University of Texas at Austin. And I think it has more to do with the fact that like Austin kind of gets on my, on my nerves as a town. They think they're sort of like this pipeline from Brooklyn to to Austin. I've met so many people who are, who are like, oh, I used to live in Brooklyn, but now I have a yard and and kids and a dog. I was like, well, fuck your yard and your kids and your we, fucking dog. I don't. That sounds it. great. Yeah, good for them. Good for them. But you live in Austin. The one my my buddy my buddy Trey is like, yeah, Austin's a cool town. But once you get there, you sometimes forget it. It is surrounded by Texas. So again, University of Texas, Austin football team. You, you, you're, you're just you're just whatever. It's like I can take it or leave you. I'm sure you were good. You had that run in the 60s. Nice. Hell, you had that run in 05. You beat that USC team, that dope USC team that had all those guys in the playing in the, in the Lindell White and uh, your boy. That was who, uh, Vince Young, right? That was a Vince Young team. And that, yeah. that, that team was, was loaded. Good for you guys. Yeah. But you haven't been relevant since 05, and I don't really give a shit. And the fact that you fire coaches – as it's like before the ink is even dry after you hire them, not a good look. And the fact that like these coaches got to do that stupid thing that, that like only in Texas where you got to know the names of all the, all the boosters is like, they just want to coach football. So university of Texas, you are my Lambic. I'm sure it's good. I'm sure people like it, but I can do, I can go either way with you. In fact, you're not in my life, so I don't really pay attention to it. So you are the Lambics of, of the beer community. Uh, so good for you guys, University of Texas. Good luck with your with your new hire, and we'll see you on the firing block when you fire him three years from now. <laughs> Skewered. Um, they irk me. They really um, do irk me. Uh, 
I, well, yeah, I that hook 'em horns thing is fucking obnoxious. Uh, I hate that thing. It's that part. I, that part, I'm just like, whatever. But you haven't been good. But I, I do just want to say, <laughs> I personally, I love Austin. So, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah just a, a little too many white people. But but other than that, I love Austin. No, no, but I, I feel Austin, I, I take that back. I was like Austin. Austin is actually a a great town, and like it's, I feel it's got great there's, food. There's a I hip, think what it is is like that is like yeah. Yeah, no, I think what it is is like uh, University of Texas Austin football team. It's like I've been to Austin several times, and one of the times I went there, I went when there wasn't a football game, and I was like, this town is lovely. I could see how a Brooklynite would want to live here and have a house and have a yard and whatever and go to the Continental and see like the next Gary Clark Jr. or whatever the fuck, the whoever, like the blues musician at the time. I, I dug it and I was like, I I could see how one would dig it and like it here. And then I went again a few years later when there was a University of Texas uh, football game. And I just was like, everybody was just so aggressive and weird. And I think it was like, it kind of turned me off of the town to the point where I'm just like, uh, now when I now when I meet somebody from Austin, I'm just sort of like, oh yeah. In fact, one of my one of my one of the one of the more option obnoxious things that they do is they don't say you University of Texas or UT. It's like, oh, I went to Austin. I'm like, oh fuck off. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, <laughs> and I love college football. I love college football. But I mean, they they think they're entitled to everything. Is like, it's okay to not be good at that one thing. You're good at everything else. Seriously, your basketball team is right in the top. Five. I didn't realize. Uh, <laughs> I, had, I didn't realize that's where Shaka Smart landed. Um, awesome. Yeah, Shaka Smart. Yeah. Shout out. He like many people have not cut their hair, and I always thought he was a guy who was just he was just bald. He uh, he's got hair like I do. He's yeah, it's like it's all over the place. It's like I would just thought it was a dude. Was, you know the episode of Seinfeld in which like uh, she's dating Elaine is dating that guy who's like uh, she's like I could be dating his hair. <laughs> Yeah. He was like, oh, yeah, it was like I was a swimmer in high school. I just kept shaving it. And she's like, she convinces him to, to grow, grow, grow his hair out. Turns out he's actually a bald man. But uh, it's the same sort of thing. It's like, Shaka, you always think of it like a, as, a, as a bald guy, yeah. as a handsome bald guy. You don't realize it's like, he's got, he's got a cool little fro going on. I dig it, man. Shaka, <laughs> shout out. Shout out, Shaka. Yeah, he's the, he's <laughs> Looking man. good. Um, yeah. All right. Well, uh, we did it. We did it. Fucking, we did it, uh, Dave. Yeah, fan bases to beers. I feel good. Yeah, I do too. I was, uh, I was, <laughs> I was really worried about like, cause like, cause like all these beers I actually kind of like lambics. I think are are fine. I here's the thing: is like I'll have like a lambic in a bottle if I'm sharing it with somebody, but I don't know if I would. Yeah, order well, that. I mean, for me, sours. Like I said, I don't like. I'm a I'm a bitter. I'm on the bitter end of the spectrum in life just generally but no as far as like beers go like i i as far as sweet versus bitter you know i like i don't i don't really like sweet drinks uh that much and beers um but uh but it's like uh it's a seasonal thing for me you know what i mean like lamb so lambics like the sours like i like the sour ones but i don't like the sweet ones that much but mm-hmm. still it's a summer thing like i'm not gonna drink it during the winter just like i'm not yeah. gonna drink a stout during the summer you know, I just, that's just like the way I'm built. And it's also like, it makes you, it makes you feel a certain way. You know what I mean? Like that you don't want to feel in certain seasons, like super stuff. Yeah. I mean, something. like, if, I guess if it's, I guess if it's like effervescent and sour, maybe I can, I, I feel like it's like Lambics are like, are meant, they're not meant for mass consumption. And majority of times that I drink, that's yeah. kind of what I'm going for. Like I'm going for like, yeah, it's like one or two. Before. We're headed for self destruction. <laughs> um, 
No, it's like a one or two, like when you're having like an appetizer or something with the meal, like something. Yeah, yeah. No, it's just, just, it's kind of not my thing. Anyway. All right. So, uh, what are you looking forward to, George? What are you looking for this weekend or these next few days? Um, uh, of course, the uh, the football games is like uh, like I'm gonna be watching that, but we've already covered that part. It was like I'm gonna look forward to what I'm watching, and uh, I'm gonna give uh, WandaVision a sniff this weekend. It's up to four episodes; they're half an hour long. I love Elizabeth Olsen. I I of I, I guess of the Olsen children, she's probably my favorite. She can actually act. She's very good. And then I uh, it is uh, Paul Bettany, my old neighbor. For real. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I also lived in Brooklyn Heights. Lots of people are my old neighbors. Oh, you, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've talked about yeah, yeah. this before. I lived in Brooklyn uh, Heights for like a hop, for like a cup of coffee, like about fifteen years ago. He was like a nice guy, right? Rumor has it he's super nice. It's like I, I'm always been a fan of his wife. You didn't have any. No, I've interacted with like his wife once. I was like, hello. <laughs> Is his wife again? Uh, Jennifer Conley. Oh yes, he's married course. to Jennifer Conley, but yes, they're yes, Brooklyn yes. Heights people because that's where they live, and I would see them all the time. Uh, handsome man, handsome. Shout out to I like Paul him. Bunny. He's, he's good and shit. Yeah. He's really good. He's um, very good. He's a very good actor. And yeah, I, I like the aesthetic that they're going for. They're going for something very, very weird and very different. And they've got Disney Plus, which I have. I should probably use it. But um, um, the first two episodes are available now. And the next two episodes air tomorrow. And I'm going to give it a sniff. Nice two hours of uh, WandaVision. So that's what I'm looking forward to. Dave. Nice. Yeah, I haven't checked it out. Uh, I also have Disney Plus and don't fucking use it, so I should. Yeah, uh, and it looks the trailer. The trailer looked cool. I was like, "What is it, this?" It looks interesting. Yeah. yeah, I like that they're like going for like yeah, funky vibe and the leaning into the weirdness. Yeah. Um, yeah, it looks uh, it looks interesting for sure. Yeah. Um, for me, uh, I want to I want to give a shout out, a plug to a couple of restaurants, uh, restaurant family, which should be. Mayfield and Chilos. Mayfield, which I pre-pandemic worked at for many years um, behind the bar. And they are, and I want to give a shout out to those guys, Lev and Jacques, who are the owners, who are good people. And they have they have Mayfield, which is in Crown Heights, and then Chilos, which is in, the first one is in Bed-Stuy, and a new one that they just opened, which is in Greenwood, which is actually very close to where you live, George. Um, yeah, just up the block. Yeah, but they are hibernating for the winter. They're shutting down for the winter because you know business is slow. It's the situation is is rough out there. But you know they're doing this so that they can come back strong. But the reason I bring them up is because what they are doing on the weekends out of Mayfield is they're running something called Tamal Outpost, and it was uh, shouted out in Eater for uh, one of the best dishes the editors ate this week. Uh, and what they're doing is tamales. They're doing like three kinds of tamales. They're doing them five bucks a pop. They're doing from Friday to Sunday, uh, starting at noon. I believe they go till eight, just right out of the window at Mayfield, which is on Franklin Avenue in Crown Heights. Um, and it's awesome because first of all, they're great. The tamales are delicious. Um, and they're also serving a Mexican hot chocolate and uh, they have like, you can get mezcal in it. It's awesome. Uh, but the reason they're doing it is because a lot of the employees, especially like the back of house employees, the cooks and chefs are people that can't apply for unemployment. And they are doing this as a fundraiser for those people. All the proceeds over, you know, paying for the food that they, they make uh, go to the employees, go to the, the guys that are out of work right now the people that are out of work and uh yeah i think if you've ever 
come to see me at Mayfield, or uh, if you have ever gone there, otherwise don't even know me. <laughs> um, I would say consider consider heading over there and getting some tamales and helping those guys out. Like I said, they're also delicious. So you're gonna win. You win at the end of the day. Um, but yeah, so check them out. Mayfield, they are running Tamal Outpost and they are Mayfield Restaurant on Instagram and Mayfieldbk.com. Nice. Uh, the other thing, just real quickly, like as far as uh entertainment and stuff goes, just because like I recently been watching multiple trailers for this and I'm so excited, which is uh, Judas and the Black Messiah, which comes out next month. Uh, the movie, of course, with uh, Daniel Kaluuya and uh, Lakeith Stanfield about Fred Hampton, who's you know leader of the Chicago Black Panther Party, who was murdered by CPD and FBI. Um, but that that movie looks incredible, and I actually know some people who saw had an advanced copy of it because they're like in the union mm-hmm. whatever um and they said it was fen- phenomenal said it was fantastic so i am really fucking excited for that and uh yeah it comes out february 12th on on uh, hbo max or whatever the uh this dude that comes in a double windsor um doesn't buy anything um he uh he just comes by and puts money in our the tip jar he's like and he's like talks to us for like does this every day uh i believe his name is thomas he plays on that score. So, oh, so sick. shout out to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I talked to him whenever I'm working. He's like, how's it going? Good to see you. It's like, he's a couple bucks for you. Doesn't, doesn't never orders anything. That's and when he does, awesome. it's like, if he doesn't order like a beer or something, everybody's like, no, it's like, he's going to get like several rounds on us. It's like when we, yeah. when we, yeah, super sweet guy. But yeah, he, uh, he plays, uh, he plays on the, the, the new soundtrack on the soundtrack of that movie. Um, uh, yeah, no, I feel like I've been seeing, uh, trailers for that for months i can't wait to see that that and uh i mentioned the other day i was going to pay money to see uh, the uh mlk slash fbi doc because i've been been listening a lot of podcasts about that so that's another thing that i want to see i forgot that i'm he was on larry wilmore last week and he was on npr uh this week for the the director of that movie the mlk slash fbi which is supposed to be phenomenal i will tell you my mom loved it so, oh really? Out, she thought it was good. To my mom. Right on. <laughs> she thought it was really good. So shout out to my mom. Uh, she 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 loved it. She thought it she thought it was real interesting and good. Because to me, it sounded like I was kind of like that sounds almost weird and corny, but but uh, the the cast is amazing and, and uh, it's uh, you know because it's like this weird fantasy thing, but uh, but supposedly it's it. But everybody who I've heard from said it's it's very good. So, which yeah. movie are you talking about? The 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 thing you're talking about. The, it's a doc. Oh oh, never mind. I'm talking about the thing, the Malcolm X. And, she saw uh, one night in uh, Miami. Yeah, yeah. Just right. directed so by a uh, a favorite of the the New York Rose Pod, Regina King. Wait, that's, that's a, not what you're talking about. No no no, I'm talking about a doc <laughs> that came out that came out on Monday. Oh, okay. uh, okay. it's like it's on Amazon. It's like six bucks, but it's called MLK MLK slash FBI. Oh, oh! Is and it's about it's about Hoover's obsession with uh with yeah with with, with shutting yes. down the. Uh, s- uh, it's supposed to. I be saw the dope. trailer for that and it looked incredible. Yeah, because like yeah, yeah. Totally. like yeah. But uh, yeah, it was like a Know Your Rose uh, favorite. Uh, Regina King directed uh one night in one night in Miami, which is supposed to be really good too. Well, and that's the other reason why I'm somewhat interested in it because like. Regina King directed. That's fucking awesome. She's uh it's there's there's I think it's a Volkswagen commercial that she's in now. 
and she's directing the Volkswagen commercial, also being in it. I was like, oh, Regina. Okay. <laughs> yeah, she's uh, she's the shit, and I I give that movie a snap. Um, so yeah, I'm, we're looking forward to that too. <laughs> Any anything uh, anything else, George? No, that's it. The uh, it's gonna be a very very cold weekend. <laughs> so, Is it? Oh yeah, man. I think we're looking at like twenties. So stay inside. I got some weed nice. delivered yesterday, which is exciting. Uh, so, yeah, weed guy, come on, let's get it, let's go, let's let's lock a let's lock a time down. <laughs> I got a text from a delivery service I used once, like four years ago, being like, "Hey, we're chain, we're we're still delivering, we're updating, blah blah blah." I'm like, "You guys stopped delivering to me anyway." Mm-hmm. You said I was live too far away. Um, but yeah, so uh, shout out to finding your uh, finding the right lead person. Yeah, <laughs> bottom. Uh, which is, I was almost set it all up. I was like, oh, should I? And then, no, probably not. <laughs> scared of like uh, you know losing when we go uh, full dispensaries and stuff, which I am totally for. But uh, uh, I, I, I mean, I'll still be friends with with my people because we're friends. But, but oh, I uh, gotcha. But but I, I like that relationship. You know what I mean? That. It's a special relationship. My thing is, is like we got a, I got like a dispatch. Yes, yes. That, that I message over like a, another app. Yes, this is the other and, one that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and this is like um, this dude. He's just like yeah, sometime before two o'clock. I'm like, he shows up with a fucking pelican case. Like, no, it's not even that. Oh, really? so they, because because of COVID, is like they send you a menu, you order. Smart. I, they meet you outside. Oh, you, you, mask up. Yeah, they. You describe. I, we exchange the money. They put this like all the stuff that said that I ordered is in a bag. I go upstairs and then that's it. Easy. It's like, easy, yeah, no. Easy. In fact, uh, in a way, I kind of prefer it that way because I'm like, oh. you didn't even have to leave the like, house. Yeah, you don't. Have to, it's like, but the uh, you do miss a bit of the salesman approach of like of like of like them sitting in your sitting in your house and like talking about like. Uh, <laughs> Dude, it was crazy. Like back in those days, I'd like make sure the apartment's good. It was like, it was like, what are you doing? It's like the weed delivery guys yeah. coming over. I got to fucking make sure this <laughs> this place looks good. We used to like. <laughs> I have the perfect apartment for like the way I got plants, I have movie posters, and records. Yeah. Like <laughs> I used to have like my the guy who used to sell me weed like 10, 15 years ago when I first moved to New York, um, uh, who was just just a, a wonderful guy. But I always felt really bad for like all of his other like clients because he would come we were like buds and he was buds with like my roommates and shit so he this man would come over and like to sell us weed but would stay at our house for like two hours and we would like play multiple games of madden together while he rolled us a blunt and like we smoked a blunt while playing madden you know which is which i always loved because uh like he went like that was he would smoke with us, you know what I mean, and then sell like that was free. <laughs> but uh, that was shitty weed, so I've stepped up my my game considerably since then. But uh, yeah, anyway, uh, I don't know how we let's let's stop this now. <laughs> yeah, let's just go and let's go into the show. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, well that's uh, another week for us for know your roles. Please, please remember to subscribe, rate, and review if you are digging us. Uh, we have some some great stuff coming up, some great guests. We're also bringing on a producer, um, which we're very, very excited about. We'll, that we'll, we'll, uh, discuss that more. Probably. Yeah. We'll probably was like, I mean, we're going to start that next week. So, future. um, but, uh, that's exciting. It's, uh, we're gonna, you know, try to grow, grow, uh, what we, uh, what we got going here. 
and uh, hope you guys are uh, enjoying it. And I want just want to say everybody stay safe and healthy. And okay. And then, uh, of course, my usual send off wear your mask over your fucking nose. Peace. All right. We'll